Annika, and I'd like to introduce you to our brand new fact detective. Hi, I'm Esther. Welcome to the world of investigating cool facts about cool stuff with some very smart grown-ups. I'm super excited. What are we investigating today? Well, have you ever thought about space junk? What do you mean, like rubbish floating around in space? I think I can help you out with that, fact detective. Hi, Stephen. Stephen knows all about space and law and about dealing with space junk. I do. What's your first question? Fact one. What is space junk? Space junk, also known as space debris, is basically anything left by humans in space. What kind of things? Space junk includes things like old satellites that have broken up or were left in orbit circling the Earth after they finished their mission. Space junk can also be nuts, bolts, flecks of paint and other scraps of metal that have broken off satellites and rockets. And it can even be human waste. Like poo? Yes, as well as a, a lost glove or even a golf ball that one astronaut hit off the shuttle. Seriously? Where does space junk come from? Since humans started exploring space back in the 1950s, we've launched between 10 and 12,000 objects, including rockets and satellites, into orbit. A bunch of countries have space programs like the United States, Russia, China, India, Japan, and many more, including Australia. And all of these programs result in more objects in space. How much space junk is there? A lot. To start with, there are around 3,000 working satellites, plus about 4,000 old ones. And SpaceX, Elon Musk's company, wants to launch 30,000 new satellites very soon. The United States is currently tracking about 35,000 pieces of orbital debris, also known as space junk. But that's only the pieces we can see. And it's just a tiny part of what is up there. There's more? Yes. According to NASA, there are now more than 500,000 bits of debris the size of a marble or bigger in Earth's orbit. And approximately 300 million pieces of debris, one millimetre in size. Whoa, that really is a lot. It is. Fact two. Why is space junk a problem? For lots of reasons, but first we need to talk about orbits and explain where this space junk is. Do you know what an orbit is? Yeah, Sarah told us about orbits in the Moons episode. Great. So just to recap, an orbit is the path an object moves around something in space. Like the moon around the Earth. That's right. But there's not just one signal orbit or path around the Earth. It's not like there's one freeway where you can drive around something in a way. There are many orbits located at different distances above the Earth. And they go at different angles, horizontally, vertically, and at tilted angles. The low Earth orbit is approximately between 160 and 1,000 kilometres above the Earth, which is actually quite close. This is the path used for satellite imaging and the International Space Station and the planal path is tilted, 
which means there are more available routes. The medium Earth orbit, or MEO, is above low Earth orbit, and it's used by lots of different satellites that do different things. Things in MEO orbit crisscross the Earth. And then you've got the geostationary orbit, or GEO, which is really important. You can only have a certain number of satellites here, and they all follow the same path. In this orbit, satellites circle Earth above the equator from west to east, following the Earth's rotation. They kind of go around the Earth's middle and travel at exactly the same rate as Earth, which means that they look still or stationary. To do this, they have to be at an altitude of exactly 35,786 kilometres above the Earth. What kind of satellites do you think would use that orbit? Um, something to do with TV? That's right. So you can watch satellite TV without having to constantly move your satellite dish on your roof. But why is space like a problem? Well, remember that because of gravity, everything in space is moving very, very fast. And it's spinning too. Imagine if you had a tennis ball at the end of a piece of string and you were swinging it above your head. For the tennis ball to stay in that path above your head, you have to keep swinging it very fast. Depending on which orbit the debris is in, it depends on how fast it's moving. Because of the gravitational pull of the Earth, the closer the orbit to the Earth, the faster an object needs to travel to stay there. In the low Earth orbit, a piece of debris could be moving up to 15 kilometres per second. So even the smallest piece of debris, something as small as a thimble, could destroy a large piece of debris or even a working satellite on impact. Whoa! And, of course, as these collisions occur, they increase the amount of debris in orbit around the Earth. But it's not just debris. Sometimes new space junk is even caused by new satellites. Let's say you have a satellite and I have a satellite and the probability of them colliding is fairly low. But for example, my orbit is horizontal and your orbit is vertical. Even with all the technology we have today, we can't tell precisely where they'll be in relation to each other at any time. And satellites are not like trucks. You can't just easily move them out of the way with a turn of the wheel. To get a satellite to move, you have to do lots of calculations about its path, about its timing, and there's always the risk that you'll accidentally move it into the path of the debris. In 1986, for example, a French rocket exploded, creating lots of debris. And then 10 years later, in 1996, some of that debris hit and damaged a French satellite. In 2007, China used a missile to destroy an old weather satellite about 800 kilometres above the Earth. But this just added more than 3,500 pieces of large trackable debris and lots of smaller debris to the space junk floating around. Then in 2009, an old Russian spacecraft crashed into and destroyed a functioning US commercial spacecraft. The collision added more than 2,300 pieces of large trackable debris and lots of smaller debris to the space junk in orbit around Earth. Far out! 
Could space junk fall to Earth? Yes, it can. And it does, actually, quite often. You might have seen in the news recently, in August 2022, three pieces from a SpaceX capsule were discovered in a field by two sheep farmers in New South Wales in Australia. One piece is a three-metre-tall spike blackened by re-entry that stands upright where it landed, speared into the ground. Wait, what? Could space junk land on us? Theoretically, yes, but hopefully not. Remember that over 70% of the Earth is covered by oceans, so there's a good chance it will land in water. But back in 1979, the 77-tonne US space station Skylab disintegrated in a fiery explosion over the coastal town of Esperance in Western Australia. And what happened? Nobody got hurt, thankfully, but the area was littered with satellite debris. Esperance Shire Council actually cheekily issued NASA with a fine for littering, and a US radio station later raised enough money to pay the debt. Cool! Fact four! Who should clean up all the space junk? Now, that is a tricky question, but it's got a simple answer. We all should. Let me start with stressing that humans all over the world are dependent on space. If we didn't have access to space, everything would collapse. What do you mean? Well, it's not just telecommunications and weather satellites up there. Pretty much every sector relies on information and space technology. For example, GPS, transportation, disaster management, financial transactions, sewage system, the military, and so much more. A day without space would literally send us back to the dark ages. And like the high seas, space is governed through international law. There are five international treaties that guide responsible behaviour in space. And the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space in Vienna has also put together guidelines about debris mitigation and the sustainability of space activities. Mitigation? What does that mean? Mitigation means to reduce the seriousness or severity of something. For example, to identify and mitigate pollution. The United Nations Committee is over 100 member countries. But the guidelines are voluntary, which means that a country doesn't have to do everything in them. But that doesn't seem to make any sense. True, except that these countries realise that if they don't do something, then we will all suffer. It's just that they like to have flexibility about how they introduce their regulations. In any case, international law regulates the relationship between these countries, while national law regulates the relationship between countries and its citizens. Australia is a part of the UN process and has introduced some of the guidelines into our own national law. How? Well, just say the fact detectives team wanted to build a satellite to fly into space. You would have to apply to the Australian Space Agency to do that. And as part of your application, you would have to submit a debris mitigation strategy. How can we clean up the space junk? 
There are a number of countries and companies that are developing technologies to do active debris removal, or ADR, using sails, tentacles, foam, and more. A Japan-based company is trying to capture debris with magnets, while a British project has been experimenting with nets and harpoons. The European Space Agency is using the Clear Space One Space Claw, which aims to grab a piece of debris and drag it down to a lower orbit where the claw and debris will burn up in the atmosphere. But dragging things in space, it's very difficult. It's not like dragging a stick around in the playground. All of these technologies have risks because they might themselves break the debris into even smaller pieces, which creates even more space junk. Oh no! But there is another possibility there is a higher orbit above GEO that we refer to as the graveyard orbit. When a GEO satellite is about to die, it's pushed up to this orbit. But it's a lot of effort and it costs money. And of course, the space junk is still there floating around. So there are lots of legal and technical challenges to cleaning up space junk. A handful of countries use space the most. And while they have caused most of the space junk, it's actually in their best interest to find solutions to clean it up. So we need to remind everyone how important it is to respect space and to understand that we can't allow it to be filled with debris. Otherwise, we won't be able to continue to do the cool things in space that benefit so many people across the planet. Try this at home. See if you can spot a satellite. About 45 minutes after sunset, if it's a clear night with no clouds, look out a window or ask your grown-up to go outside with you and look up into the night sky. You'll know whether you're looking at a star because they stay still, whereas satellites look like tiny dots of light moving across the sky. Depending on which orbit they're in, depends on how fast they're moving. Do you remember why? Because an orbit closer to Earth means they'll be moving faster. Yes, that's right. And the reason you can see satellites sometimes is not because they have super bright lights. It's actually because they have reflective solar panels on them and you're seeing reflected sunlight. See how many satellites you can find. Cool. Thanks, Stephen. It's been fun, Fact Detectives. This has been another super fun episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika. And me, Esther. Big thanks to Stephen Freeland, who is a director of the International Institute of Space Law. He's also an emeritus professor of international law at Western Sydney University. And a professorial fellow at Bonn University. If you love finding out facts as much as we do, and if you have a big topic you'd like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au.